0: Hello, welcome to Mindset Mastery. I'm your coach, George Reister. We got a very exciting show today, but first I want to give you a disclaimer about this show. The show is not for young children, so if you have a a child that's in the room, you probably want to ask them to leave. If you're riding in a car with them, you probably shouldn't be playing this podcast. This show is going to be based around adult content, and you don't want to miss it. It's exciting. I have a very well-known and phenomenal guest that's on. Her name is Karen Selps. she is a she has a master's degree in, in counseling she's a certified life coach and she has a she's a licensed brain cons, brain gym consultant she's also an author of a book that she'll be happy to tell you about when she's on the show we are in for a treat but at the same time we're in it to help everyone that's listening I want you to please make sure you give this show a, a five star rating so that we can get our ratings up and attach to more people so that they can view our show, so that they can receive the, the, the gifted content that we have here. Subscribe to our YouTube. YouTube. Oh, I'm having a tongue twisted today. YouTube, podcast, LinkedIn, all of our social media site. This year is a year of giving. I'm committed to giving you the best podcast, the best information, the best self help, the best. Anything that you need, we're going to have it for you on this show. We have a variety of guests all year long, and it's going to be something that you can attach, grow, and learn from. As well as remember, I want you to think about our organization that we decided that we'd give to this year St. Jude Research Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. It's a cancer research hospital where no child is left unseen. Uh, and taken care of their families every need is meant for their families while they're there they don't have any uh financial cost at all and we just want to be a blessing to them remember if you can't give financially you can always give your time your calls your letters gifts of love anything to help that foundation out they've been doing this for years and the families there are truly blessed and they need your help so just a moment, Karen's going to be online. We're going to have her. We're going to talk. We're going to talk open and honest. The topic you don't want to miss. Hey, I'll see you in a couple of minutes. Welcome to another show with George Reister, your mindset mastery coach. And let me tell you, I have a guest that's on today, and I couldn't even sleep last night knowing that she was coming on because I know that this topic, this subject, and everything that she's going to share is needed. It's needed for healing, it's needed for restoration. It's just needed because it's not talked about And the things that we're gonna share today and that she's gonna share today. I think it's gonna help so many people. It's gonna bless so many people. So I'm gonna encourage you to make sure you share, give us a five-star rating on on the podcast so that this information can reach as many people as possible and we can help as many people as possible. So without further ado, my guest, Karen Schultz, the uncensored self-love coach. How are you doing, Karen?
1: Hi, George. I'm great. I'm so excited to be here. I love every opportunity to share my story, even if it's just for one person, mm-hmm. to be courageous and mm-hmm. to start sharing little parts of their own story with someone they trust.
0: Yes. Yes. And and that's when I read your bio, I. I I'm very particular about who I ask to come on the show because I only want to ask people and invite people to come on that I feel will, is going to benefit the audience, not necessarily myself, but I want to reach the mass of people that we can reach and be of help. So I know with everything you're going to share is going to enlighten us and it's going to be a tremendous blessing to us.
1: Well, I I believe that. I believe strongly that there are no accidents in life and that you were led to reach out to me for a reason because somebody in your community needs to hear what I've been through and what I've been able to create with my life. Yes. How I've been able to, you know, they say like, as an entrepreneur, make your mess your message. I've <laughs> right. definitely done that.
0: <laughs> I know that story. <laughs> yes. So, why don't you give us some background? Let, let's talk about how all of this came about.
1: Yeah. So, I had this daughter prematurely, mm-hmm. and she had 20 different medical specialists by the time she was one. Okay. At the time, I was married to a man that was using alcohol to numb his pain. Okay and he wasn't really helping me out and I was so stressed out and I was suffering from very deep clinical depression. Mm -hmm. I was on medication for it, but it wasn't really working. And I felt like I was drowning, like how can I handle this? And I had this nanny, she was the only one I could really count on. I only worked two days a week, but I just counted on her. And right before my daughter had a massive surgery that was, to her skull, which was a neurosurgeon and a plastic surgeon, my nanny quit. And it triggered in me these abandonment issues that I didn't even know that I had, but I lost it. I lost it. And that coupled with the stress of this upcoming surgery, I needed some kind of escape. And so I went for a massage, like a regular massage at a regular upscale place. (laughs) And I happened to get a man. And, you know, honestly, at that time, I was so stressed out and so disgusted with my ex husband that we were not having sex. And I wasn't having sex with myself.
0: Okay.
1: And before that, I was a very sexual person. (laughs) But I just like shut it off and it was all like under the surface. So when this man, this massage therapist, touched me, I was like, woo, hello. And everything came back. And then I started uh, being kind of it, well, not kind of, I was, you started being inappropriate with him. And then I began a sexual relationship with him and that's how it all started. (laughs) Wow.
0: Wow. So from that moment in time in your life, what did that lead you to from there?
1: Yeah. So from that point when he, this particular guy, this massage therapist wasn't available when I wanted to see him, I started added another person. Mm. So I started seeing like two people on the side, and I was married. And then when that, that person couldn't see me, I added another person and it just Mm. spiraled out of control. And because I was so desperate, then, and I my subconscious mind linked that sexual acting out with survival. Like I honestly believed it. I was in so much denial. I honestly believed that if I didn't act out, And have that escape that i would commit suicide i wouldn't be able to handle my life and so it was so deeply linked to that survival instinct that i didn't even think about it i'm like i just have to get my fix i have to get it and and it became a mess once i discovered the internet
0: (sighs) (laughs) the door was open huh
1: oh yeah as a woman um it's very easy as you can imagine, to get that yes. need met,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, need, right,
0: right, uh, yeah, exactly. So, the, so as, as a woman, as you said, and and the, the door is open now, and to find the fix. How did you manipulate that and manage it with your emotions or, or feelings of maybe guilt or or? um frustration that this was actually happening.
1: I I think I understand the question. So how I managed it was a whole lot of denial and a Mm -hmm. whole lot of compartmentalization. Mm -hmm. So I had my home life where I was like the perfect mom. And I used to have my in-laws over for dinner every Sunday. And I was the perfect little hostess and wifey. And, and then when I was supposed to be working those two days a week, I was out like hooking up like a mad woman, uh, like just crazy. And I never thought about it. Like when I got home, that part was done. I mean, I should, can't say I never thought about it. I spent a little bit of time like preparing, preparing more hookups for, for right. following days when I was working, mm-hmm. but it was completely separate and I justified it all because of my husband's ex-husband's drinking and Mm. failure to help me like what's all his fault you know like I I just was in so much denial and I took no responsibility for what I was doing
0: wow and and how long did that go on and how long before yeah how long did that go on
1: well it's kind of interesting not too long uh, Ah. because I got an STD and so Um. I had to tell my ex-husband And at that point, I think I had been with maybe five or six people. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, um, I got an STD and this is how, and I I knew about sex addiction. Mm -hmm. I just, I knew about it. And I said, I think I'm a sex addict. And so I started going to meetings to SAA sex addicts, anonymous meetings, but I had no desire to stop. No desire. I felt powerful. When I was acting out, and ah. and I liked it, because wow. I was so powerless in my life to control anything that was going on, you know, mm-hmm. with my ex-husband, with my child that had all these medical issues.
0: Yeah. Wow. See, I understand that. So, the, in some instances where men have that same issue, they use it for power. Now, you had that same feeling of power from a female perspective, that's interesting because, you know, we've seen in the news so many times where, you know, from different celebrities or, or people in the uh, hierarchy of the news, CBS and other places have used this to control and manipulate their staff and women underneath them. But now you took it from another perspective. It empowered you from another sense. That's pretty deep. Uh, yeah, it,
1: it's really fascinating because like some of the messages, you know, upon once I got deep into recovery and I actually wanted to stop acting out, mm-hmm. I realized that I got this message from my father growing up that women were only good for one thing. And from my brothers, I was the youngest and the only girl. I got this message that you better be good at it. If you're not, I'm going to talk smack about you and you can't keep your man happy if you're not good at it. And so I had all this pressure that I put on myself, like, and it was all about performing. Mm -hmm. It was about, I don't know, being this, I had this persona, this alter ego, that was like a goddess (laughs) and the power part was because I was married, I would go after unavailable men mm-hmm. that should not technically want to be with me because they were married. Mm-hmm. And when I got them to say yes, I, it was, it was a drug. That was the high, that was a big mm-hmm. part of the high.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely can relate to that. And I remember back in my younger days or when I was coming out of high school, I didn't realize it at, at that point in time. Maybe when I got to around about 20, I think I, I know that I was experiencing something similar to what you were experiencing. That sexually I was so active, I just and I and I thought the same thing you thought, I had power with it. Because at that point in time, I was playing a lot of sports. I was very active. So sports and women go together. So <laughs> You know, if you're a good athlete and you're playing at an elite level, there are women pretty much at your disposal. And also because I was so fit, I was very fit, lean. So I was, when I, when I was out, I was always attracting attention that I didn't necessarily want that attention, but it just came to me just because of my physical appearance. And it just led to, one relationship after another, after another, and after another. And and finally I started kind of like you believing, man, I, 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 you know, I can produce all this and I can have all this at the drop of a hat. And, 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 and I had this disillusion of, of who I was and, and, you know, where I was going until I finally realized one day I was on a downward spiral I was on a downward spiral. I was affecting so many people around me, and you know, to uh, I in my early stages of my marriage, and and um, you know, just having you know a, a child, and I'm thinking, whoa, this has got to stop. What is the problem? How do I fix this? And so my answer to that problem was, well, maybe I'll just start eating, so I won't look as good as I look now so that nobody will want me. Oh my goodness, that just led to a whole nother bunch of issues. So I can relate to where you're coming from and where you're going with that. And this is actually the first time I ever shared this with anybody other than my wife, you know? And so uh, it, it, it's it, it's it's amazing you know, how we sometimes give therapy to ourselves and and when we have a platform of freedom where we can discuss certain things, that it will allow us to self-heal, self-medicate in the presence of other people. So I I think that that was probably one of the underlying reasons that I wanted to have you on the show, not just for myself, but to allow other people to come out of some you know dark holes that they're crawling in, or some or some embarrassment, some shame, some humility that they're experiencing, because it's not an easy topic to talk about. And the more that we give people the freedom to express that, the better off they'll be, and their healing will take place as well. So, how did yeah. you come out of that negative pattern as well?
1: Yeah, that it reminds me, you know, based on what you were just saying about being able to talk about it and how healing that is and how much freedom you have. My freedom came not by choice. So I had this double life, right? Well, I told somebody who I trusted, who happened to be my brother-in-law at the time because he was an alcoholic. I thought he would understand addiction, but he didn't, he's like, Oh, but that's sex. And he told his sister who then told his parents, my in-laws. And so I was confronted with, okay, like my double world, all those compartments that I had so carefully in place, shattered. So I couldn't hold up the facade anymore, which was actually a huge gift. I thought I was so embarrassed and I thought I was gonna die. I really did. Cause it was like the death of that persona, the death of the ego, really. Mm -hmm. But it ended up being such a gift because if they knew, that gave me permission to talk about it. Yes. And I started in this one support group, it was called Real Love based on this book by Greg Bear. Mm-hmm. And these support groups would get together. And the purpose was to learn to tell the truth about yourself and allow people the opportunity to accept you just as you were. So you take off all the masks and you just bare your soul. And then when you're not speaking, you're practicing accepting and extending unconditional love to everybody else. And I was in a group full of women who were at that time my competitors and my enemies. <laughs> and I was scared to death. When the host of this meeting, I shared like some little truth that wouldn't make me look too bad, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and she said, tell us what you're afraid to tell us. And I'm like, Oh, crap. Like, So I just, I remember it vividly. I looked down at the floor. I'm like, and I had this conversation in my head, like, well, I don't really know these people. I don't have to come back if they judge me and I'm gonna let them put their money where their mouth is. This is a big one. So I said, um, I sleep with married men and I kept looking at the ground and I waited and I waited. And then finally I looked up and I looked around and I didn't see any judgment. All I saw was compassion on the faces of these women, which shocked the hell out of me. I I couldn't believe it. I, I never in a million years would have expected compassion. And then what happened after that blew my mind. The next woman to share was like, I had an affair and I never told anyone and it's been eating me up inside. And then other women just, it just gave them permission to share their stories because so many people, you know, they do these things that they're so ashamed of and we call it in recovery, our take it to the grave list, the things we (laughs) vowed and never tell a soul. (laughs) But here's the thing, like if you don't tell people those things, especially the people that are supposed to love you, Mm -hmm. they can't love you you always are on the hook you always think yeah sure they love me but if they knew this about me they would yeah. leave or they would reject me or they wouldn't love me anymore whereas if you tell that you give them the opportunity to love you with your right. work and everything you know yes yes and yes. you're off the hook
0: <laughs> that's true <laughs> that is so true if it takes a lot
1: of energy to hold up all those facades, to oh. keep all those masks
0: in place. Oh, I like to say that again, please, because somebody needed to hear that. Somebody's going to listen to this podcast today, needed to hear what you just said. Please say that again.
1: Well, the first part is you can only feel loved to the extent that you're willing to tell the truth about yourself. Hmm. And that it takes so much energy. It's underneath the scenes, you know. It's all in your body and in your yes. subconscious mind Yes. that yes. you're holding up these masks and keeping these facades in place. It takes so much energy that we don't have time to create.
0: Yes, and you know, it's, it's 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 funny that you said it because I think about we were talking about some spiritual things before we came on the air just in, and, and one of the things that you know, we experience when we get to the spiritual side, like we get in church and we wanna, you know, be the best people possible and we have no problems, we have no flaws, there's nothing going on. And I, I thought about her, the pastor say once, he said, you know, there would be no reason for grace if we didn't err, if we didn't have any issues that's going on. That's where grace comes in. That's what you're talking about with relationships with people, giving them a chance to to love you, really find out who who really loves you when they find out the things that you don't want to expose to people. Cause that's either gonna run, run them off or it's gonna bring them closer to you. Because if they really love you, they want to embrace you, they want to hug you, they want to be compassionate to you, they want to share your experience. So now they can be of an assistance to you. And in some cases, they're harboring some things they didn't want you to know either. Or in all cases.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I mean, we haven't grown up in a culture of, hey, let's put it all out there. No, it's like we have to, we're competitive. Mm -hmm. We want to look good. We want, we compare our insides, like what we're feeling and thinking about ourselves to other people's outsides, like what they're posting on social media. And we think that's really them and it's not. And now today, more than ever, people want authenticity and they can sense the bullshitter. They know And people want connection and they want relatability. And if I'm perfect, no one can relate to that.
0: Right. Exactly. And it's bullshit. Exactly. Exactly. When I saw you on an interview and I saw your boldness, I said, that's my girl. That's (laughs) the person I want to sit with in a room, on a microphone, on Zoom. I want to sit with this person because now we're talking real talk. We're not talking, you know, all this pretense, and nobody, you know, has to worry about what somebody's going to say. I don't care. You were so raw and so real, and 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 that's why I really didn't want to speak to you beforehand. You know, sometimes you get the shows, and they kind of prep you the shows, what you're going to say, and all that. But in, in, whenever I, I'm online with with people, I just want it raw and real. I want to talk about it so that our audience and the people that's listening. Can feel that connection and feel that understanding, feel that compassion. Say, look, if they can talk about this, I can talk about this. It may be sex with one person, it may be drugs with another person, it may be stealing with someone else, it may be a a gambit of things that they're experiencing right now. But sooner or later, it's going to manifest itself. It's going to come out of you in one form or another that's not going to be pretty when it comes out. If you don't take the ownership and, and, and let it come out under your own conditions
1: yeah and i believe all of those behaviors all stem from the same feelings and the same beliefs like mine my deep ones where i am not worthy of love Mm -hmm. at that time it was i'm not worthy of love unless i am in a relationship with the man Mm. I, i really thought i didn't have a right to even exist unless a man loved me Right. And and that was driving me. Even when I became conscious of that belief, it took me a good 10 years to really get it. And it took me being willing to go through the discomfort and to find out if I really would die if I wasn't in a relationship. And I made a decision when I started my coaching business that I wasn't going to date for an entire year. And that was a freaking lifetime for a sex and love addict, right? A year. shrivel up man yeah <laughs> yeah it was tough and oh. but it didn't really take long for me to start enjoying my own company for example mm-hmm. and saying oh I didn't know that about myself and and that's really cute that I do that or that I think that or I or how I behave with other people how I'm compassionate and loving with other people and I don't know I just was able to look at life my life and my characteristics objectively and to make meaning so just because i broke a lot of societal vows um, i had sex with married men that weren't my husband they weren't married to me (laughs)
0: right
1: (laughs) that doesn't mean i was a bad person right i was doing my best to survive and to find significance because I didn't think I mattered.
0: Mm.
1: And, and if you look at what's driving a lot of people's behaviors, whether it's like eating too much or binging Netflix, Mm. we're running from these beliefs that we have deemed to be unlovable. And it's simply not true. It's not true. There is not one single thing you can do, to make yourself any more lovable. And there's not one single thing you can do to make yourself any less lovable. Like we are just lovable just because.
0: Yes, yes absolutely. So you found a freedom. You freed yourself up, not willingly at first, but once you found the door open, you say, hey, let, let me just go for broke. I, I'm going for it all. I want the gusto. I need to really find out who I am, or I should say, I want to start living the person that I actually am rather than this other person that tried to manifest itself and take over your life. Because if that were to continue, I, I can't even imagine where you'd be mentally. What do you think?
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't that quick. I have to say I was a slow learner. <laughs> it took it, it, <laughs> a lot more than that for me to hit a bottom, I tell you. But I had... You know, I had a period where I was three years of not acting out, but then after, uh, like a blow, I got, so this man that I was dating for a year and a half broke up with me, and that had never happened to me in my adult life, and <laughs> it was ridiculous. I always say, like, he didn't read the manual, like, that just is not done.
0: Yeah, what's he thinking? But,
1: <laughs> but I lost it, like, I, I lost it, and I started acting out again for 10 months. Mm -hmm. And it took that like where I got to a really low bottom where I was acting out with this man that was I don't know, I I don't like to say like people aren't good human beings. He was philosophically opposed to everything that I believed was right and good in the world. Mm -hmm. But I was addicted to him. And I could not stand myself for being with him. And that was my low when I realized I can't stop. And I was trying to change my personality and everything that would come out of my mouth to keep that drug source. And after a while, I just stopped talking because I'm like, I can't say anything that doesn't make him angry. (laughs) (laughs) But it it took that low where I just was so disgusted with myself to want to do anything different.
0: And so that led you to... Oh, I
1: was just going to say, that's the thing, like... I'm so loving and accepting to other people. You know how some people say like, well, why doesn't he get it? Or why doesn't she do something different? Because they can't. Right. It takes what it takes for people to get to that point where they're ready to make a change. And it's Mm -hmm. drastic. It feels like death because it is death of an old self. So
0: once you get to that breaking point, what was the next step you took to in your recovery? What, le- what did that lead you to?
1: The, the breaking point, I was still going to meetings, even though I was acting out to SAA meetings. And I had a sponsor who wasn't sober at the time. He was a mm-hmm. gay man. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't respect his recovery. I didn't want what he had. And I was a, a pain in the butt. Like he would say, okay, I would like you to do this. And I'd say, not doing that. I was like, (laughs) I can't believe he didn't fire me but he didn't. But anyway, we had lunch and I told him, I'm like I am so deep in this addiction I don't see any hope. I don't see how I could ever get out and he said, well, what do you think it's costing you? Now, listen to this here's my response, Miss Queen of Denial. Well, I don't think it's costing me anything. I just don't see how I could stop and he's like, okay would you be willing to make a list of what it's costing you? I'm like Well, okay, but it's going to be a short list. So I actually did it. I went home. I made this list. And item number 39 (laughs) is costing me everything. As Mm -hmm. long as I'm doing what I'm doing, I don't believe I deserve anything good in my life. So I sabotaged everything. So that was the first thing. It was like this realization like, oh, I didn't connect those dots before. Mm And then the second thing was I hired a coach, and this coach said to me, you know, if you want anything different in your life, you have to stop the addictive behavior. And I'm like, oh, that's so simple. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I actually got a new sponsor, okay, and I started working the program, and I, I stopped acting out. Mm-hmm. And I did like a, a cleanse, I'm going to call it, where I I committed to not, uh, 30 days of complete abstinence. <clears throat> so my program, for me, my little hits of drug were flirting. Mm-hmm. Or we call it like vibing. We're in, your, in the supermarket and you catch somebody's eye and they're checking yeah. you are checking yeah. them yeah. out. And it's a, a, an energy exchange.
0: Yes. Sexual. Correct.
1: It's like hits, like feeding yeah. the drug addict. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so no flirting, no hugging men that I thought were attractive, obviously no sex of any kind, no uh, talking about sex, nothing like that. And no masturbation. So you're like, it's a fast, a complete fast. Right. And wow, it's a hard. sex fast. <clears throat> it's wow. really difficult because people think there's no such thing as withdrawal unless it's something chemical. But yes. your brain is a factory. It produces these chemicals. So right. I was like shaking. I was a mess. I was crying all the time because all those emotions that I numbed out with sex or with attention. Oh, man, they were coming out like crazy. And I had all these ideas from growing up as the only girl about what it meant to be girly Uh and I thought being girly was weak. Showing emotions was weak. And I was the only woman in the room 99% of the time in those 12 step rooms. And I was just sobbing.
0: <laughs> wow! Oh my goodness. So you had to put some action in and you used the word work. So without you putting forth the effort and putting the work in and making those initial changes that you knew were your triggers things that were triggering you to respond and act out the way that you were acting without that there would be no progress you would not have achieved your goal of of recovering at all from this situation
1: yeah wow. yeah i had to be willing to go through all of that this discomfort because mm-hmm. i had this vision of what was on the other side for me because at that point I, every thought i had was about getting a fix Like i couldn't think about anything else i really couldn't like i would be in the middle of acting out with someone and i would all of a sudden be panicked like i don't have anything else lined up when am i going to get to do this again Mm -hmm. and i would be in a complete panic wow yeah so i had to reset my brain like Mm -hmm. to have normal thoughts or to even have space between thoughts or to have thoughts that weren't about sex. And it took, for me that time, it took about 40 days to to reset where I was like, oh my gosh, I went like 20 minutes without thinking about sex. And that was a win, you know, that was huge.
0: <laughs> wow. You know, that in speaking to you about this, which I had never, ever discussed this with anyone before. it's. I can see why you went to the meetings to get help because it's so parallel to a chemical addiction. I mean, I remember when I used to smoke marijuana, and I haven't been. I say I've been in California since 1989. So since 1989, I haven't smoked marijuana. I was smoking marijuana every day for a long time, and so I didn't realize the the addiction that I was experiencing with that. And I kept saying to myself, I'm not really hooked. I'm not really sprung. I'm not, I don't really need this. But I would have something rolled up the night before, so I could. When I woke up in the morning, the first thing I did was light it. And it, I was in such denial, but it, kept, it was in parallel to what you were saying that once you realized and you had to cut off everything that was related to them. But once you were free from it, it's like, okay, I'm good. I'm good now. I'm good. So it has been what 30 some odd years now that I haven't, you know, smoked marijuana or you know, any type of have any drug type habit. So wow, this is this is so parallel. But now is we're talking about sex. So and, and that's why you were speaking beforehand that this parallels with so many different things other than just sex and how we handle it and how we manage it and how we break through it. So now that you've broken through all of the that part of that addiction addiction what would you share with the audience as a step a program or something that you would want to inspire them to do to conquer whatever addiction that they have if even though it might although it may not be sex
1: there are so many things that we can do i believe it starts all addiction is the result of trauma in my belief And it doesn't have to be big T trauma, like, you know, seeing someone get murdered or being raped or, you know, Mm -hmm. it can be little T trauma, which is, you know, in my case, for example, I was spanked a lot as a child and I didn't know why. And I was sent to my room for hours at a time. And I just thought I am fundamentally defective. There's something wrong with me. And inside, like I knew that my parents were supposed to love me no matter what. And I didn't feel like they did. I felt like I I didn't know when it was coming. So I had like a little PTSD from a lot of the physical stuff. So I I did experience a lot of trauma. But I didn't really label it. I didn't know what it was. So I had all these internal triggers. that, And I wanted to feel better. And I found something that made me feel much better. Until it didn't. But once it didn't. It didn't matter because all those connections were already wired in my brain. So I kept reaching for that drug that was no longer working. So the one of the first things I did that was really, really helpful was I started doing this five minute a day meditation. And It's so, so simple, no matter what your beliefs, you can substitute the words. But my beliefs are, um, or my words were on the inhale. I would say I accept and on the exhale the love of God. And it could be the love of Buddha. It could be the love of the universe, but accepting that love because it's always there for us. No matter what you've done, there is a force out there, a higher power that loves you no matter what you've done. Yes, it's always like, welcome home, my child, whenever you invite him or her in, Mm -hmm. welcome home. I've never left you. And those are some of the messages I got. You know, I, I hear a voice, the voice of spirit mm-hmm. when I journal, especially I'll ask questions. And, yes. and, and when I ask those questions, the answers are so loving and so beautiful. Mm. All of them. But I have to be willing to accept that love. And even when I didn't feel like I was worthy of it, that's when I start doing it. Like I'm not worthy of love because of what I'm doing. That simple meditation, five minutes a day, made me realize I am worthy of love. And once you get that you're worthy of love, you start treating yourself differently. You start establishing boundaries. So other people treat you differently. You teach them how to treat you (laughs) like you don't put up with the same things. Your friends change and that's going to be scary, but they will change. For the
0: better
1: yeah you're gonna attract people that respect you and see Mm -hmm. you see you for who you really are exactly yeah Yeah, you're you're a precious gift to this world and there's nobody else like you Uh, so that was a big thing it's just like getting it that's how i got it in my body that i'm worthy of love so that was a good first step but it's a it's a practice Every single day, set an alarm on your phone. You know, like, yes. I accept the love of God, the love of Spirit, the love of the universe. Yes. And then finding some people that you trust to start telling the truth to, mm-hmm. like opening that door, and that takes a buttload of courage. It does. So start with somebody you know. Maybe just like feel it out. But yeah. you know, I wouldn't start with your spouse. start with an acquaintance. Maybe, you know, you don't, you, you're not on the hook as much for what they think.
0: (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. You, you mentioned meditation. There, There are three tools that I use every day to stay in line with myself and also to make sure that I see myself much differently than I saw myself those 30 years ago. And the number one thing is definitely meditation. Mm -hmm. I definitely spend time every day to myself, meditating and just focusing, sometimes just taking every thought that I can out of the equation and just relaxing and receiving the information that I need to receive. The other is affirmations. I have a list of affirmations that I go through every day that I, and I say about myself, my situation, my life, you know, me coming on the show with you and, and just all the things that I want to make sure that I'm putting out and that I want to manifest in my life. And the third is my gratitude list. The things that I'm grateful for, the people I'm grateful for, the actions that I'm grateful for, and all the things that are gonna happen or that have happened. And all three of those tools bring me to a place that I feel like I can conquer the world. I, there's nothing in my space that I can negotiate or navigate through because of that. And like you say, it is something that you have to set your clock for, something that you have to intentionally do because it's not gonna happen if you don't because many things will come up and try to get in the way of that if you don't. And you'll notice the difference if you don't do it that day.
1: Not only you, but your entire family (laughs) and network of friends will notice once you make it a practice to meditate. Mm -hmm. And I know, like, I had these stories about myself. I have ADD. I can't meditate. Well, Mm -hmm. find workarounds. Do a walking meditation. Get yourself in trance. Mm -hmm. Like, don't make eye contact with anybody. You just, like, you just walk. And maybe you have a mantra that day. Like, I am... Courageous. Yes. I am lovable. I am worthy. Whatever it is. And you just walk and you repeat that. And when your mind drifts, you're gentle with yourself. You're nice. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I'm going to bring my mind back. You know, my thought back, my attention to I am worthy. Mm -hmm. And you keep walking and you walk as a worthy being. And that's really powerful because you get it in your body too. One of the things that really helped me a lot was journaling like I used to do a mind dump and it would sometimes it was three pages like just Mm -hmm. a vomit and then there was some space in my head and I could think and I would write my questions for the divine and one of the things that reminded me you were talking about affirmations Mm
0: -hmm.
1: is writing down to whoever you believe in help me to see myself as you see me because we're so harsh on ourselves.
0: Yes. But
1: we have a loving higher power.
0: Yes. Sees
1: us as perfect and precious and generous and pure love and light. And we have that available to us if we ask.
0: Oh, oh, you just dropped a nugget on everybody.
1: Yeah. So help me to see. And then if you have a conflict with somebody else, help me to see this person through your eyes. Mm -hmm. use it that way too. Yes. One of the things I love what you're talking about, like the gratitude list and the affirmations. One thing that I learned to do was a future gratitude list, which is really powerful. So all the things that you really want in life, Uh thanks for them as if they've already happened. Yes. And because, There's an energy and a vibration to everything. Mm -hmm. And gratitude, as Dr. Joe Dispenza says, Mm -hmm. gratitude is the ultimate state of receivership. It means it's already happened. So you're already grateful. Yes. You can get your vibration up to that level. Mm -hmm. It can't help but manifest in your life. Wow. Yeah.
0: girl, see this? I knew you were the woman for the day.
1: Good stuff, huh?
0: It's good stuff. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) So, now, I know you've written a book, I know you're an author, something I read about, we'll talk about that, if you want to talk about your book that you've written or any material that you have out uh, right now that you'd like to share with the audience as well.
1: Well, on my website, I actually have a free ebook, and it's called Breath of Life. So, we've talked about meditation a bit. I believe breath is so important i've studied something called brain gym which is a system for rewiring your brain for Mm -hmm. new habits and behaviors even you know like if you can't read for example you can rewire your brain to be able to read Mm -hmm. or if you want to release weight you can rewire your brain to make healthy lifestyle and eating choices yes you can't rewire your brain to lose weight you can you know, you rewire it for the positive,
0: Correct.
1: but breathing in Brain Gym is personal power. And if you think about times in your life when you felt powerless, take a notice. Notice if you're breathing, are you holding your breath? Because mm-hmm. a lot of people do that. It's right. unconscious. Mm -hmm. So once you open that up and start breathing, you will Mm -hmm. feel more powerful and more in control of your life. And there are several breathing techniques that I go through in this book for different things for changing your state, which is what a lot of people want to do. Right. um, For releasing resentment for, you know, is one thing for balancing the body, mind, spirit for becoming more mindful, which is really good in life. So it's it's a pretty short ebook and it's a free gift on my website, which is happinessguru.net. Okay. And I invite you to pick it up because it's short, it's an easy read and you get to practice. And I brought in my anal tendencies of, I made this chart, which breathing technique is good for which thing. So you can do like an easy reference. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's great. That's great.
1: Yeah. It's good if you're, if you want a quick fix, like, okay, gosh, I'm feeling this. What do I do? It's pretty simple.
0: Oh, go ahead.
1: Uh, I was just going to say, I also have this free workshop coming up. That's going to be super cool. It's called unleash your inner Badass: create a life <laughs> of purpose, passion, and power. And it's going to be really fun. It's a 90 minute workshop there there's an eventbrite link i believe you're including it here yes that one's going to be really fun that's february 8th on Mm -hmm. a monday night
0: Mm -hmm. yeah oh definitely we'll definitely post it in and and so when the this airs that everyone will be able to see the event i put the uh link there for as well as well as your ebook and i just want to say listen i have to have you back because i really want to get into a deep discussion uh, for not only the the women, because I know you help a tremendous amount of women, but as I've exposed today, there are men who have the same issue, and that need to be dealt with. But they haven't really talked about it, for you know probably the same reason I never talked about it. You know, for maybe fear, maybe embarrassment, maybe just not having uh, an ear that wouldn't judge. So we'll come back and we'll we'll deal with that another day. And I have you back on the show so that you know everyone can be receive this quality and great information. This heartfelt, you know, everything you shared from the heart. And I really, really respect that. And, and I'm so thankful for you you coming on. If there's anything else you want to share with the audience, you know, uh, like I like I said, I put your web link and all your the information there for them to have. But if you have any One last thing you want to say, I'm going to give you the floor to say that. Mm -hmm.
1: Gosh, thank you so much. It's been amazing to be here with you. I felt very held in, you know, with these sensitive topics. I didn't feel any judgment. I felt like complete love and acceptance from you. And that speaks a lot about how much work you've done. Mm -hmm. So what I would say is, make a decision that you're worth it because in this life, you get to write everything that you wanna experience from this moment on. What would you like it to be? Yes. And based on that, who do you get to be to do it? And decide like who you're gonna be, what characteristics are you gonna embody and bring forth from this moment on? And get conscious of those unconscious beliefs and stories that you've been telling yourself and make a decision to stop it. Like when you become conscious that you're doing it, say, oh, that doesn't fit in my future that I've created. And invest more time in that future you than in the past self. And things will start to change. And you're worth it. And you're going to love life and love yourself. And that is what I'm here for, is to create this ripple effect of unconditional love. Because when I love myself, it's really hard to shake me and to get me to react to something that anybody does. Mm. I can see people with compassion and love. And I yes. can understand like, wow, that person must be really hurting to say something like that or to do something. Uh, like that. Yes. And that spreads that love and compassion is felt. I mean, around the globe, it is felt. And you can have that effect too on people, but it starts from within.
0: Ah, So beautifully said. As you can tell, Karen's a life coach as well. And (laughs) (laughs) so you have information so you can reach out to her, you know, for those who need it. And I, I, I really encourage, everyone to follow her on her on her journey through her social media and her website and and i think she'll she'll be such a blessing to you as well karen thank you so much thank you so much and we'll speak again soon
1: thank you so much george it's been my absolute honor and pleasure to be here with you and share with your audience
0: all right hold on one second have a great day
1: you too